Dear listener, I am Terry, the host of Respectable Sins. We have been discussing Jerry Bridges' book, Respectable Sins, Confronting the Sins We Tolerate. In this book, Jerry explores various, less obvious sins in our lives and considers how to deal with them. These days, there are many self-diagnostic tests. In those tests, we get questions like, even after sleeping, are you still tired? When you are tired, are you still able to sleep well? Are you experiencing severe forgetfulness? Or are you unable to concentrate on given tasks? Have you ever taken one of these tests? The author of Respectable Sins, Jerry Bridges, introduces a similar self-diagnostic test in the book. I'll read it to you and you can see how many statements apply to you. Number one, when talking with fellow believers, I tend to focus on my own interests. Number two, when I return home after talking with others, I generally do not remember what they are interested in. Number three, in church, at home, or at work, when asked to do something other than my assigned task, I often think that's not my job. Number four, I know that my family and I need money, but I have little interest whether other believers need financial help. Number five, I am often late for appointments. Number six, I find it difficult to feel grateful. How many of these statements did you answer yes to? Actually, Jerry didn't directly write this test. I made up the questions based on his discussion of one specific sin in the book. Could you guess as to what sin these questions point to? What do you think was his intention behind listing these issues behind the questions? He is addressing the sin of selfishness. That is the subject of our discussion today. Jerry emphasizes how the sin of selfishness is one that we all need to overcome. To the sin of selfishness, he adds, the sin of indifference in which one doesn't care about others. Jerry acknowledges that many of us find it challenging to recognize the selfishness within us. While we readily noted selfishness in others, we struggle to see it within ourselves. To understand the sin of selfishness, we begin by acknowledging that humans are born with a selfish nature. We can observe this selfishness even in children. Children? Does that sound strange? At first we might think, oh, what sin can an innocent child commit? But Jerry says we can easily find the sin of selfishness in children as shown in the following common phrases. We often see people telling young children, Hey, you should share your toys. Hey, don't take that from your friend. Oh no, you should play nice. Anyone who has raised a child would identify with these phrases. Humans are born selfish and we see children crying and throwing tantrums to get what they want. They don't consider the other person's circumstances. How about babies? Would they also behave selfishly? Yes, they do. In Psalm 51, 5, David confesses that he was born in sin and his mother conceived him in iniquity. This means humans are born with a sinful nature. Only those who realize this fact could begin to work on freeing themselves from their sin of selfishness. Jerry explains that as we grow up, we learn and train ourselves to cover up our selfish nature. Many of us do that out of necessity as society doesn't accept it. However, that doesn't mean the selfishness is entirely gone. It is merely hidden. 
That also means it can resurface any time. Grown-ups don't overtly display their selfishness, but find more subtle ways to satiate their selfishness. Jerry categorizes this selfishness in four types: being absorbed in one's own interest, caring about one's own time, stinginess concerning others' financial needs, and lacking consideration for others. Even though I'm not listing examples for each, I believe you can easily imagine how these different types could manifest. Maybe a skeptic might challenge and argue against the concept of selfishness as sin. This person might say, "Well, selfishness isn't great, but it doesn't have to harm others too badly. Is it then really a sin? Isn't calling selfishness a sin a bit excessive?" What about you? Do you agree with the skeptic? Do you feel calling selfishness as sin a bit too far-fetched? To respond to these questions, let's turn to the word of the Bible. The verses in Second Timothy chapter three, verses one through five, describe the characteristics of people in the last days, the time when God will judge the world. The first characteristic mentioned is that people will love themselves. Let us read verses one and two. But understand this: that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. As a matter of fact, all other sins stem from this self-love. Let us see how this love of self stands in stark contrast to the teachings of Jesus. Jesus condensed God's 613 commandments into just two: love God and love your neighbor. He then unified these two into one: a new command I give you: love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. John chapter 13 verse 34. Our God is a God of love. Love is not selfish; it's selfless. Our lives should not be about loving oneself, but loving God and others. Various forms of selfishness we observe ultimately originate from loving oneself more, considering one's own needs more important, valuing one's time as more precious, and finding satisfaction in speaking out about oneself instead of considering others' feelings. Such inconsiderate behaviors stem from loving only oneself. Selfishness contradicts God's will; it's a sinful act. However, this sin doesn't always manifest outwardly; it affects us from the depths of our inner self. Let's hope for the grace of God to recognize the hidden selfishness within us. Anyone who claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar, for whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And He has given us this command: Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. First John chapter four verses twenty through twenty one. Moving forward, let us remember Jesus's word to love God and love our neighbors. By doing so, we may overcome the sin of self love. With that, we conclude our discussion today. Great is thy 
says, Oh God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changes not Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter, springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses. Join with all nature in manifold witness To thy great faithfulness, mercy and love Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. sin and a peace that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father.